Look over at your neighbor and tell them you love them this morning. I see Grace, I see Grace stepped out. We was going to sing happy birthday to her. She turned 89 today. So anyway, Thursday, is it Thursday? She turned 89, so I ask you to keep just praying for her, sweet woman of the Lord. Amen. How many of you feel good this morning? How many, how many of you believe you're going to conquer the enemy? Amen. How many of you give the devil a black eye? Amen. How many, how many of you are tired of the way the enemy's been throwing things at you? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm more than a conqueror. Say, I'm a winner. Come on, how many of you believe you're a winner? In Christ Jesus. How many of you believe healing's coming to your house? Praise the Lord. I like this little story before we get into the sermon this morning. I like this little story I found. A young man went into a drugstore to buy three boxes of chocolate, a small, a medium, and a large. And when the pharmacist asked him about the three boxes, he said, Well, I'm going over to my new girlfriend's house for supper. Then we're going to go, then we're going out. Uh, when she only lets me, he, then he goes on, well, I'm going over, excuse me, I'm going over to my, uh, let me read this over again. All right. A young man went into a drugstore to buy three boxes of chocolate, small, medium, and large. And when the pharmacist asked him about the three boxes, he said, well, I'm going over to my new girlfriend's house for supper. Then we're going out. When she only lets me hold her hand, then I'll give her the small box. If she lets me kiss her on the cheek, then I'm going to give her the medium box. But if she really lets me smooch on her seriously, I'm going to give her the big box. He made his purchase and he left. That evening as he sat down at the dinner table with his girlfriend's family, he asked if he could say a prayer before the meal. He began to pray and he prayed earnestly and earnestly and intensively prayed. And on the last five minutes, he continuously to industry pray. When he finished, when he finished, his girlfriend asked him, You never told me that you were such a religious person. He said, And you never told me your dad was a pharmacist. Wow. Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. We're going to talk about... Pray until your answer comes, or PUSH, an acronym for pray until something happens. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Say with me, the power of prayer. I believe when we pray that God opens up doors. I believe when we pray, God heals. I believe when we pray, God delivers. I believe when we pray, God sets free. But without prayer, we receive nothing from God. Luke chapter 18 and 1 through 8. Verse 1 through 8, and I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story that showed them how they should always pray, and listen to this, and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who never feared God, nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or I don't care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. 
I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. You men don't say anything. <laughs> then the Lord said, listen, here's a lesson about the unjust judge. Even he renders a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice to his chosen people, say with me, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them, say with me, quickly. But the Son of Man, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who has, let's say it together, who has faith? Which tells me that the paradigm thinking that if you only pray once and you pray again, that you don't have faith. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us at the end of this passage of Scripture that when Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth? What does that mean? Will he find us crying out day and night? Will he find you and I crying out like David morning, noon, and night? Because I believe that the God that I serve answers, say with me, by prayer. This widow had six things going against her. She was a woman. At that time, women did not have too much clout in the society. She faced a terrible judge. She didn't, he didn't have any fear of God, nor did he care about what other people thought of him. Judges at, uh, judges at that time only worked their cases through bribes. She had no money to bribe him. But this, one he had, this woman had no money to bribe him. She had nothing going for her. But this is what the Bible says. Her only course of action was to come before him repeatedly crying out to him. And Sometimes the only thing that we have in life, when we have a situation in life, the only thing that we got is to cry out to God. But I come to tell you this morning, that's all I need. Oh, that was weak. Come on, guys. That's all I need is to be able to cry out to God. Because I serve the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And I serve a God that if I'll cry out to him, he said he will hear and he will answer my prayer. Verse 5 says, he omits, she keeps bothering him. And the word translating bothering literally means to poke in his eye. He was upset because she was constantly in his face nagging him. Can I tell you, if you want to get your answers from the Lord... You're going to have to constantly go to God. Because I believe that continually, Sister Rosemary, going to the master's feet, just like the woman with the issue of blood, the doctors couldn't solve her problem. Her friends couldn't solve her problem. Nobody could help the woman with the issue of blood. But if she said this, if I can get 
to the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be, let's say it together, I will be made whole. If I can get to the hem of his garment, but she had, let's say it together, press through. Press through. Sometimes we pray and we think the answer is coming immediately. Can I tell you that through my life, I've had to press through. The first thing I've seen in this story, don't worry, pray. Now, how many of you worry? Come on, let's all put our, let's all put our hands up. How many of you, to some extent, you worry? Uh, let's, let's, say the, let's say the doctor gives you a bad report, you start doing what? You start worrying. Say your finances are not doing very good, you do what? You worry. We all, to some extent, worry at times. But in this story, it shows me to quit worrying. Verse 1 says, Jesus said we ought to always to pray, and listen to this, say, not give up. Oh, how many of you, there's times you want to just give up? Come on, come on, come on. The rest of your line, okay? You just, you just, you just want to, you just want to throw in the towel, and you just want to, you just want to give up, brother Mark, because the doctor give you another bad report. You just want to, you just want to give up and throw in the towel, and God is healing everyone else, and God is taking care of everyone, everyone else's problems. So I'm just going to uh, give up. But the woman did not give up. She kept going to the unjust judge. It says in verse 1, pray and do not lose heart. The Greek word translated give up literally means to be filled with bad thoughts. When you're going through a bad situation in your life, the devil is going to make sure that your mind is filled with bad thoughts. Weary is filling your mind with bad thoughts of the worst that could happen. Listen, if it isn't stopped, it soon becomes a stream of fear, which creates an overflow into a river of distress, which develops into a raging amount of tension. And you say, into that. And before you know it, the flood of worry has created a grand canyon of anxiety in our mind. William Ward wrote about worry. Worry is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, the assurance of disaster in the belief and defeat. Worry is a magnet that attracts negative circumstances. Worry is a wasting today's time and to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never takes you anywhere. The Apostle Paul said in Rome, the Apostle Paul said about living in a Roman jail cell. This he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Paul is getting ready to die. And listen to what he says in Romans, excuse me, in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 6 through 7. He says, Remember these words were penned by the Apostle Paul. He said, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, let's say it together, pray. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worry into prayers. 
Before you know it, it's a sense of God's wholeness, God's peace, God's presence, God's goodness. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. We'll have everything to come together for your good and will come and settle in your heart. When we're facing them impossibilities in our heart, in our life, the first thing we want to do is to worry. But Paul said, turn your worries in, say it together, to prayer. And when you pray, the Bible says that the goodness and the presence of God will overflow in you and give you, in so many words, a heart of, let's say, of faith. Of faith. First thing we want to do is worry about it because the devil makes sure that all of those negative thoughts crowd our mind. But the Apostle Paul said, don't fret, don't worry. Listen to this, God is going to work it all out for your good, Matt. I don't know how. I can't figure it all out. I can't put it together. Sister, I know you got a wayward teen or older son, but God is going to save him. God's going to put it together. I don't know how he's doing it, but you got to pray. And don't fret. And don't worry. And let God work it out for the good, Sister Christina. I don't understand it. And you don't understand it. But he understands it. And I come to tell you this morning, he is going to work it all out for your good somehow. A man came a few days earlier on the job site. They had been removing trees, and the owner had noticed one of the trees had a bird nest with baby birds in it. He marked the tree and left word not to cut the tree down. But on this day, he realized the the tree had to come down because they couldn't delay the project any longer. The owner used a bucket truck to lift him up to get the bird's nest. When he looked in it, the birds were gone. They had learned to fly. Since he was up there anyway, he removed the nest. The birds had used all kinds of scraps to make the nest. As he examined the nest, he discovered the birds had used straw, twigs, and even little strips of paper to make the nest. He removed one of the little pieces of paper, and what was read, what, what did he read on it almost caused him to fall out of the bucket truck. written on the little strip of paper were these words in this little bird nest. A true story. God cares for you. He took the bird nest. And the story says he put it in his office and become successful in his business. But that little bird nest reminded him that God loved him so much to go up in a bucket truck, to get a bird nest down, to tear it apart, to realize a little sheet of paper. Listen to that. That that bird carried from somewhere and put in that little bird nest. And he got it out and the little words were, God cares for you. Pastor, I don't believe that happened. Well, you don't have to believe it happened. 
But I believe one thing. I believe God cares for me. Amen. Number two, don't quit. You got to pray consistently. You got to persevere. The woman persevered to get to the judge. David said in Psalms chapter 55, 16 through 7, David wrote, I called out to God, and the Lord saved me. Evening, listen to this, evening and morning and noon, I cried out in distress, and he heard my voice. David said prayer wasn't just a one-time thing every day of my life. David said in the morning, I cried out to God. At noonday, I found a place to pray. In the evening, I, find, I found a place to pray. But what David said, David said, I might be the king of Israel, but I'm going to find time to pray. I'm going to find time in my schedule, David said, to pray. Because I know that my God hears, and I know that my God answers prayer. And David said, in my distress, in the morning, I'm going to find a place to pray. And at noontime, I'm going to find a place to pray. And at evening, I'm going to find a place to pray. And I'm going to cry out to God about my situation in the morning. And I'm going to cry out to God about my situation at noontime. And I'm going to cry out to God in my situation at night. And God will hear. And God will answer my prayer. That's powerful, church. David said, I heard. Pray until heaven opens. Cry until you reach the ear of the master. Stay in the upper room until the power falls. March around the walls of Jericho until they come down. Don't quit praying until that breakthrough comes. Don't quit throwing the stone until the giant falls. God has always honored perseverance praying. I want to say that again. Pray until heaven opens. Cry out until you reach the ear of the master. Stay in the upper room until the power falls. March around the walls of Jericho until they come down. March around, come on, march around the walls of Jericho until they come down. Don't quit praying until the breakthrough comes. Don't quit throwing the stone until the giant falls. Keep persevering. Get back up and pray again. 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 I uh, apologize deeply to all the Redskin fans for this story I'm about to tell. Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith, yes, of the Dallas Cowboys, he set an NFL rushing record in his time. He wasn't as flashy as Walter Payton or Barry Sanders, and he never had true breakaway speed. But his strength lied in his ability to persevere and to keep going and to keep running. When, it, when this was written, he had run for 16,743 yards. That's 9.5 miles. 
It had taken him 13 years to run only 9.5 miles. What is the big deal? He had some huge defensive players that he was trying to run through. Emmett ran over the years 9.5 miles, which was 4.3 yards at the time. That means he had been tackled and knocked down 3,983 times. And you don't know what he did after each tackle. He got up and he ran the ball again. Sure, he was injured at times, but he kept getting back up with perseverance. He was knocked down, but 4,000 times he still got up and kept running the ball. The point is, you keep praying. I don't care what the devil throws at you. You keep praying noon, day, and night. You keep getting back up. You keep Fighting. You keep going in your prayer closet. You keep getting before God. You keep banging on the floor if you have to. You keep praying, God, my answer's coming. My healing's coming. My breakthrough's coming. My kids are coming home. My kids are coming out of jail. God, you are going to bless this family. God, you're going to heal. God, you're going to deliver. God, you're going to set free. Keep praying and keep praying. Keep getting back up and keep praying until you answer comes. And that's what the woman did to talk to the unjust judge. In verse 5, the woman, the Bible says, is driving him, say with me, crazy. Uh huh. Men, I won't touch that one. Is there times she drives you crazy? She kept going to the unjust judge, being persevering. And the Bible says, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm, listen to this. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. The judge was saying she will not quit nagging me. This woman will not give up. Even the best of people get knocked down in life. But what sets them apart from the quitters is they keep getting back up. I love this story. One of the greatest men of faith of Christian history was the English preacher George Mueller. I think is how you pronounce it. He wrote these words about praying. The great point is never to give up until the answer comes. I have been praying for 65 years and 8 months for one man's conversion. He is not saved yet. Here's the faith. But he will be. How can it be otherwise if I'm praying? George Mueller died and the man was still not saved. Listen. But as they lowered his casket in the ground, the man repented of his sins and trusted in Jesus 
as his Savior as they was letting him down in the ground. That is persevering, praying, and God heard and answered his prayer before they threw dirt on him. I believe your answer's coming. I believe your answer's coming. The woman kept nagging and nagging and nagging and nagging and praying until the unjust judge. I've got another point, but I just want, I want to close with this. That unjust judge, the Bible says he didn't regard, he didn't regard God. Or say with me, he didn't regard man. Means he was just a wicked old judge. He could care less about that widow. That widow didn't mean anything to him whatsoever. He didn't care if she was poor. He didn't care if she had nothing. He didn't care at all. He just didn't, he didn't care about God or man. He was an unjust judge. In the natural, she kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And the Bible says that he answered her and gave her justice. How much more, the Bible says, does your heavenly Father in heaven love you? That when you pray, that when you will continually pray and seek his face, the Bible said he will hear and he will answer your prayer. This widow woman had nothing going for her. But one thing. But one thing. She had a mouth to nag him to death. Come on. Most of the time they were they they coming up to the coming to the judge. Then they were they got their they got their um, their answer a lot of times by bribes. She didn't have anything to bribe him. My point is, your heavenly Father, and the Bible says this was an illustration to you and I that how much more does our heavenly Father love us that He will hear. And he will answer our prayer. Listen to this. We give up way too soon. If we pray and God hadn't answered our prayer in a couple months, we give up. We kind of throw in the towel. God knows if you mean business. God knows if you mean business. Your prayer life, mm -mm -mm. your prayer life shows how much faith to God you have. You have a little prayer life, not much faith. Because someone that has great faith is someone that prays much. Might have knocked some few people's theology out the door there. Because the Bible says at the end of that passage of Scripture is, Will I find faith on the earth when I come? Why was that pinned right at the bottom 
of that passage of Scripture talking about persistence and continually going to God in prayer. Because when God comes, He wants to find people facing on his, their face before the Lord, constantly seeking Him for the next move of God. And when Jesus comes back, I hope I'm alive, and I hope I go in the rapture of the church, and I want to be ready to go, but when I want to be on my face before the Lord, day and night seeking God, because God is going to do something great. God's going to do something almighty. God's going to heal. God's going to deliver. God's going to set free. God is going to send the devil back to hell where he belongs. When I pray, God opens up the windows of heaven. He's going to pour out a blessing when I see God and I pray. When I pray, Brother Dale. But I got to do it every day. I got to get on my face every day. And I got to pray. You find a place to pray. And you find a place to get before God and seek God. These little, listen, listen, these little now I lay me down to sleep prayers don't work. Are they working for you now? God said you got to pray. He told his disciples, you got to pray. Jesus got alone with what? With the Father. And he left when he was with the Father. And God worked miracles through Jesus. You got to pray. You, listen, church, you got to pray. Well, Pastor, I've heard that all my life. I got to pray. Are you praying? There is no, listen, there is no substitute for prayer. There's no substitute for prayer. I Believe me, I've tried it. I've tried to read my Bible a little bit more because it's easier to read your Bible than it is to pray. And everybody said it's easier for me to, it's, easy, it's easier, Colleen, for me to shout, praise God, hallelujah. Easier for me to run around church. You know what you and I struggle with at times? Prayer. Because prayer works. The devil knows prayer works. And the devil knows that if I can get on my knees and I can get a hold of God, my answer's coming. The devil knows, Brother Jerry, if I can get on my face and I can seek God until the answer comes, the devil knows it. And the devil's going to bring every kind of distraction, Colleen, in my life. Every distraction when I get on my knees. I ain't telling you I, things I ain't thought about for years I think about when I go to pray. I thought, Lord, I ain't thought about them forever. I get on my knees to pray. My mind is flooded with all that stuff. Because the devil knows that when I pray, that there's power in prayer. I mean, there's power in prayer. I want you to make prayer the number one thing in your life. You got to. If you want to say, you got to. Listen, listen, we're living in the last days. Will you give me another hour? Listen, we're living in the last days, and we're living on the brink of the coming of the Lord. We're living on the church, I feel it. We're living on the brink of the coming of the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back soon and very soon. We're going to see the King. And we better be on our face. 
We better be praying. We better be seeking God because the enemy is going to bring every kind, listen to this, every kind of distraction, Sister Donna, that he can bring in our life. I mean every kind of distraction he can bring in our life to throw us off course. But if I can find a place to pray, oh God, if I can find a place to pray and I can find a place to get on my knees, the answer's coming and I'm going to be ready for the rapture if I can find a place to pray. You got to pray. I don't want to answer to God that I didn't teach you about prayer. You have got to pray. Look at your neighbor and say, "You well, I don't have to pray, Pastor. I can do what I want. Well, let's see how it works out for you. You got to pray. And I'm telling you, when you pray, oh, what did the three Hebrew? Man, I'm just I'm ready to preach. What about the three Hebrew children that got in the fiery furnace? And I, can you imagine what was going on in that fiery furnace? It didn't take but three of the Hebrew boys, just three of them getting together and praying. Who showed up? Who showed up right in the middle of that fiery furnace? I come to tell you that you might be right in the fiery furnace of sickness in your life. You might be right in the fiery furnace of situations going on in your family, with your kids, and with your children, and with, and with uh, 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 your spouse might be sick. I don't care what's going on in your life. I come to tell you, you might be in the fiery furnace, but if you'll believe by faith, if you'll believe by faith, God is going to bring you out of that fiery furnace. Here we go. I don't know, Pastor. Heard that all my life. My last point was, you better have, you got to have a positive attitude when you pray. You can't be, you can't, well, I don't know if God's going to do it or not. Come on, I, come on, I, I'm the same way at times. We all are like that at times, aren't we? Well, I'm not for sure if God's going to do it. Tina said it this morning. If he's did it up to now, if he's did it up to now, I come to tell you, if he has did it up to now, he's going to do it again. Did he fail y'all's grandmother? Did he? Did he fail your grandmother? He's not going to fail you. Girls, he's not going to fail you. These three girls are facing something in their life, confidentially. But I come to tell them, if God was faithful to their grandmother, God is going to be faithful to them. God was faithful to my old-timey grandmother. God's going to be faithful to me. Look at your neighbor and say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Come on, band. Come on. Come on before I preach more. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you. Let's lift our hands before the Lord. Father, the answer's on the way. I refuse, God, to let the devil have my victory. I refuse to let the devil have my victory. God, I'm, we're going to keep praying until the answer comes. I bind every negative thought process right now. The devil will try to bring in our minds. In Jesus' name. Father, there's healing in the house. There's healing in the house. There's healing in the house. Perseverance, God. By faith, God. 
James said, God, when we ask, we must believe and not doubt in our heart. Because he who doubts is like, it's like a wave in the sea, blown away. And man, I think if he receive anything from the Lord, if he doubts, but we're believing. First John said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will and he hears us, he's going to answer our prayer. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We're going out of here believing. We're going out of here believing. And Monday morning, tonight, Monday morning, we're going to find our prayer closet. Tuesday, we're going to find our prayer closet. Wednesday, we're going to find our prayer closet. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're going to find our prayer closet. And we're going to seek God, and we're going to pray. And we're going to seek God, Sister Candy, and we're going to pray. And we're going to seek God, and we're going to pray until the answer comes. The answer's coming if you don't doubt and you pray by faith. We're going to receive the promise that God has said. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, by faith. We reach out. We reach out by faith and believe that our answer is on the way. In Jesus' name. Let's sing one chorus before we close in prayer. Praise the Lord.